Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We are looking at the digital revolution in a lot of new ways and trying to assess the impact it's having on our lives, our personal lives, our business lives, the world around us and everything going on there. We have one of our digital all-star, our monthly guest, Sean Amirati. Sean is a specialist on innovation on a lot of things, right? Sean is a professor in the business school at Carnegie Mellon University. He co-founded the, uh, an institute there that helps big companies try to operate like small, fast-moving companies, the Corporate Startup Lab. Sean's a triathlete, a serial entrepreneur, a podcaster, and an author. Sean, welcome back. It's great to have you. Bob, thanks for having me. It's always fun to come catch up with you. And I think just right off the bat, we should start with congratulations. You know, you, you got Cloud Wars together with our, with, with our good friend, John. And, and, you know, I think this is really a case of one plus one equals a number much larger than three. So it's, it's really great to see you guys uh, doing that right off the bat here. Oh, Sean, thank you. Yeah, the, uh, it, it has been wonderful. It's a great organization that John's building. And really, he took a company that had, you know, over 100 employees, brought that way down because the markets they had serving had changed pretty dramatically. Now he's building something new. Cloud Wars yep. comes into that. We'll stay Cloud Wars. But uh, the new initiative that John and I are really digging into, Sean, is called the Acceleration Economy. And we're trying to weave together some uh, thinking on that from uh, cloud wars, and then also extending out into events and an analyst business where we're identifying some really bright people all around the world in certain key areas who are willing to look at the world from the customer and the business need in rather from the product and technology out, which often has been the model in the analyst world. So it's it's fascinating. Sean, thanks, thanks for the good wish. Took me a little you know, several decades to sort of get the entrepreneurial bug, but when it hit, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. I should have listened to you earlier. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing, like you're, uh, you know, it's rare to, to have so much success right out of the gate. So congratulations on that too, right? Most entrepreneurs do not succeed in the first venture they start out with here. So this is awesome. And uh, I think there's a lot of lessons, your sort of unique point of view on the market plus, your customer centricity that even came out as you were talking through kind of the, the future part of your business together. Like these are things that entrepreneurs need to do to have this success. So it's just great to, it's great as a, as a friend and as a, you know, small part of this overall cloud worst thing to see you having this kind of success by them. Couldn't be happier for you. Sean, thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I went out, I bought a new shirt. That was one of the things Good. I did here. It's, it's not black. And uh, I just thought that it'd be a little different, right? So um you know, Chris Lockett talks about the importance of being different. So maybe, you know, that's my next phase. So it's it's funny you say I went about it. I was, I don't know if you guys, if you saw the news, the, the MailChimp guys just got acquired by Intuit. And uh, mm -hmm. they they were sitting down with the founder of MailChimp. Like, you know, it's massive acquisition, right? Well, billions of dollars flowing back to him because uh, MailChimp had had stayed fairly closely held through through the years. And so, the, you know, his founders walked into it with literally billions of dollars and the the CNBC interview, they're all excited. But so, what are you gonna what are you gonna go do? And he's like, I think I'm gonna get a new mountain bike. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you could see, like that's not what we were that's not what we were waiting for there. But I, but I like your I went and got a new shirt. Like it was you know it was a good it's a good acquisition. So anyways, that's fun. Uh, it's 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 great to see you know great companies coming together. And I I obviously remember John from. Uh, you know, I guess it was 20 years ago when when you guys were at CMP Tech Web, all those United you know, Business Media, all the different 
names that you might associate with that, but it's just great. It's just great to see, you know, two guys who are, who are great coming together to work on. So it'd be awesome. So we're all cheering you on and excited to see what happens here. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. It's a incredibly fortunate, wonderful time, great time to be alive. And I tell you, Sean, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about a little bit here today is I stuck my neck out a little bit um, last week or earlier this week. I, I, I'm not sure, but I don't know a whole lot about technology as, as you know, but um, I called, I designated something as the product of the year. And it is a Google cloud solution called supply chain twin. And the, the basic notion of it here is what if you could do like a digital twin of a product, how about if you could do a digital twin of your whole supply chain and the infusion of data, Sean, I think is just so critical in this because they said it, it helps you, you know, roll into your evaluation and analysis and optimization of your supply chain, not only your own data, but those of partners and then third party data about, you know, world economic conditions, weather, uh, other sorts of things like that, demand sensing opportunities and so on. I know you've talked some in the past too about this concept of digital twins. And I thought it was fascinating how Google Cloud took, uh, you know, one of the hottest topics in the business world today and in our, in our personal lives as well, supply chains, which was deadly dull for centuries, but now has become cool. And then this notion of digital twin and put those two together. So uh, I just wondered if you had some thoughts on the whole digital twin idea and, you know, where this, uh, where we might see this go in the future. Yeah, thanks. So I, I think, first of all, I think this concept of just digital twins in general is something that you're going to see start to radiate across more and more of complex systems that businesses have been trying to wrap their arms around for a long time, right? So, you know, most people famously first became aware of this in the sort of industrial space where you have kind of, you know, digital twins of jet engines and things like that. And you're able to do different simulations and permutations on that, right? You, you've seen uh, um, as a, there's been this strong push towards quantification of self around kind of human biology, right? Computational biology, human biology, and, uh, you know, all the, the money that we're spending on on, on where different wearables to understand that, right? You, you start to kind of fast forward that and you have a lot of people who are talking about how that can apply in, in kind of the, the healthcare space, if you will. But what I think is interesting about, about this one um, that illustrates the point in general that the key to doing these well is the data pipeline that you're pulling together, right? Like a strong data pipeline with a decent model is better than an awesome model with a weak data pipeline. Um, and we can talk a, a bit more about that in a minute. But, but I think what's interesting here is, right, you've got Google pulling in both this interesting external data, like you, you talked about weather, for example, certainly something that intuitively makes sense when you're thinking about supply chains. You've also got an ability to, with weather, think about sort of normal variances. And then what about extreme, you know, the, as Philippe would call it, kind of the, the black swan type, type things are, are around that, right? And then you've got internal data and that, and magic happens when you've got good pipelines coming in. And, and even, you know, I mean, I'm sure the folks at Google would say it's an amazing model and it probably is, but like, even if it was just an average model, like the right data that you've pulled together in interesting ways, you can do really fascinating things on a, on a go forward basis uh, to help people understand different, different potential outcomes. How do you optimize this? And then, as you said, like, so, you know, supply chain is saying that we've all, we're all much more, um, aware of even in a, just our, not just our business lives, but in our personal lives, right? Like 
uh, if one of the things we've learned in the last 18 months is stuff just doesn't always show up like we thought it would when it was predicted to, to show up. And, you know, I'm guessing almost everybody listening to this has had something that they thought they were going to get in two days. And then they've gotten the email like, oh, it's, you know, going to take a, a, a week more. And then that week. And so, so we, so we kind of intuitively on this personal level, understand how this is impacting it. Certainly when you sit down with the executives, uh, it's, it's relevant on at the executive level as well. I think that's, that's part of where guys like our, our friend, Tony Upoff are, are pushing the envelope today, right? Where it's like, wow, this is, feels a little bit like data science did, um, you know, 10 years ago, where it's like all of a sudden this is on the CEO's agenda. And I, I would suspect, I don't, I don't have hard data on this, but I bet if you looked back you know, five years ago, the number of CEOs talking about their supply chain versus today, the, the growth has been truly exponential, which which makes sense, right? And so it's sort of a, a confluence of these things that are that are really interesting. I think the question is, what other complex systems should we think about applying this kind of external plus internal data to help us do kind of similar types of, of simulations around these, these digital twins on a go-forward basis? Yeah, Sean, I, I wonder if, you know, by that, because uh, when I had talked about this the other day, one of the things I said was, you know, if you can do it for a supply chain, what about in a demand chain model? What mm -hmm. if you could do it for, you know, talent optimization, cybersecurity, uh, you know, your whole risk management? Um, so, and I think, you know, it's, it's funny um, hearing people talk now about the new sort of digital selling. Um, I saw one of the, the top analysts who covers the tech industry, he was interviewing a CEO the other day, and he said, well, you know, for decades, it was the steak eating, you know, Cadillac driving sales guys. And I said, that's just, that's like it, it was 100 years ago. It's, it's so foreign to everything. So can you do these sort of uh, really high level optimizations of a market of prospects of, you know, who needs what and what goes on there? Or Sean, I'm sorry, you know, I just might be blowing this out of proportion, but I, I keep going back to your idea here, which is if you've got a pretty good model and you have the right data, you're going to come up with some, some great outcomes. And I think, uh, so the threshold for companies isn't so much like, oh, I've got to go create this, you know, truly astonishing digital twin model. Now you get a pretty good one. Those are around and start pumping the data in. Uh, good things will happen. Yeah, so because I think people underestimate that element of it. Like, um, this is this was a, a long time ago, but it's it probably was most people's first exposure outside of the tech community to this term algorithm, right? When Netflix launched the Netflix recommendation system challenge, right? Which, as a reminder, was they would give a million dollar prize to a group who could improve the recommendations more than ten percent from their current level of recommendations. And you know, ultimately th th there's a bunch of fascinating kind of anecdotes around that. Well, Sean, that's, that is a great point. I wanna come back to that in a second, but first a word from BMC, our sponsor. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets where automation is paramount yet effortless. And when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A game. But coming back to this data point for a moment, because I think it 
the Netflix challenge actually illustrated this well. I remember when that first came out, it was like, it was kind of red meat for teaching students about these topics mm-hmm. at CMU because it was just like this great publicly available data source. They could, they could pull it. Obviously the, the probability of a single undergrad or team of master students winning the challenge was, was pretty low. I mean, the, the groups working on it that, that were actually pushing the upper end of that were pretty uh, accomplished groups of people, but it was still a fun thing to put students against. And one of the things that was always interesting when we would do this is the teams that would immediately jump in and try to come up with the best machine learning model to make the recommendations with the data that Netflix gave them off the bat never did as well as the teams who went and immediately figured out how do I augment the data they've given me with additional data, right? Like when we did this with our students, and again, this was a long time ago, but like, remember there was a database called IMDB, right? And you could go to IMDB, it's still around, but I'm saying like at the time, like going to IMDB and augmenting the data you had about the movie with that additional data, spending your energy doing that versus spending your energy trying to develop, you know, the best neural net, you know, it, it was amazing sort of the the difference in in sort of quality of recommendations that you could drive from that. So with that principle of like, sometimes the data is more important or often the data is more important than the model and sort of a good feature of a model, i.e. a high quality data source is often more valuable than a slightly better model. And the, you know, the level of effort is different there. I think the key becomes if we're gonna do this in other spaces that we've gotta get good at figuring out the right data to pull in. So let's use your, your talent digital twin as a as an example right because um we are most companies when you talk to them today talent is also for certain job functions is similar to the supply chain right it is it is a war for high quality talent today right and so if you could figure out how to get better candidates into the top of your funnel uh, candidate funnel and move the right candidates through that funnel faster. So you could go from applying to job faster, right? You would end up, um, you know, with an incredible competitive advantage, right? Now, one approach to that might be, okay, take the data that you're already gathering and try to make that better, right? But I think the brilliance of taking the Google supply chain example and applying this is you, you might actually do better by figuring out, okay, how do I take the data I'm already you know, tracking in my system like Workday or whatever, how do I augment that with a bunch of other information and then use that to help me build a model and then think about different scenarios, different permutations that that model may live on. And and my point is, and I think this is where like, you know, sort of analogous to the weather on the supply chain side, you know, things like schools they went to, groups they were part of, extracurriculars they were, like there, there might be a bunch of other volunteer things that they're part of, right? There might be a bunch of other things that are non-obvious that if you could augment that, have it in clean, easy to use data, you could do really interesting digital twinning on top of that. So I think that's where you're gonna see, um, you know, as these complex systems do, that's where you're gonna see a lot of benefit on a go forward basis. And it, it'll be fascinating to see, again, what Google does and then some of these other uh, more cloud providers that are taking an industry specific approach to it, w- what do they do? You know, on the talent side, uh, I don't think this is lost on anybody listening to this podcast, but remember Microsoft does have 
uh, this little asset called LinkedIn, which isn't such a little asset, right? There's, so there's a bunch of interesting, uh, it'll be fascinating to watch how the, the chess pieces move around the board over the next six months on this. Yeah, Sean, I think that uh, there's very illuminating comments there about it. And that was what really sort of got me thinking about this and why I, who don't cover products at all, decided to say, I think this should be the product of the year because I think it is going to be the sort of kick in the butt or, you know, one of those uh, thunderclaps that gets everybody's attention and says, maybe there is a different way to do this, right? Because we hear, you know, a lot of the big software companies, I think very appropriately saying, oh yes, we've got AI now in all our applications. Okay, good, good, good. But that's not, you know, we're not done. Uh, that's right. just the beginning. So what is this okay. sort of next crank up? And what I thought was powerful about this with Google Cloud, Sean, is that, again, I think as part of Curian's vision here, I think from the first day he was CEO in January, 2019, he was talking about this thing that he said, the market needs these industry specific solutions that fill the gaps in between the traditional applications that were meant to cover this or this or this. He said things are going sideways now in a lot of cases, and they need these unique capabilities. So I think there too, that sort of uh, got a lot of companies thinking about a different approach. It's more industry cloud, industry specific. And now I think the digital twin opportunity, because right, it, it isn't just, as you said, like designing a jet engine, but this is something everybody could look at and say, hey, and still we devote massive amounts of time and energy and sort of lock this in. Why don't we model this in a in a very, very interesting way. And uh, I love how you've sort of brought in the things about data there. And I wanted to ask you about other data sources. Could you, would you say that if somebody who is say uh, a soccer player, triathlete and a Browns fan, would that person then maybe move up on that new algorithmic scale? Well, you could definitely say Browns fan. There's no doubt about it uh, that any Browns fan, uh, and I, I have found the same thing to be true about triathletes over time. So it, feel, it feels anecdotally correct to me, at least. Okay. Um, <laughs> we need to prove that. Hey, Sean, before we go, it looks like you are in a, a different location here today. Are you on the road? I, I'm back uh, at Carnegie Mellon today. So um, I'm doing this from my office at CMU. Uh, Campus is, is alive and well. We've uh, taken lots of precautions to get everybody back and um, you know, it's great to have, have students back on campus and, and, you know, the energy that, um, you know, has been fun to do things virtually. And I think a lot of things will probably stay virtual, but there is, it's been great to get face to face or I guess masked to masked with some of my, uh, students to, um, to really get a chance to kind of, um, go over some of the work they're working on in person here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Sean, always a pleasure to see you. Uh, best of luck with that. I hope the re-immersion into campus is great for you and for the students and everybody. And thank you very much also for the good wishes. All right. Awesome, Bob. Have a great day. Thanks, Sean. You too. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Have a great day yourselves. We'll see you next time.